You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Hello. Thank you for joining us for the Friday, March 10th, 2023 reading of the Human Health Program. My name is Emily Crocker. On today's program, seven warning signs you are about to gain weight from AARP Magazine. And aspirin reduces ovarian cancer risk regardless of genetic predisposition from New Atlas. Plus, kind of carbs more important than quantity for cardiovascular health from New Atlas. And more time permitting. Here's our first report. Seven warning signs you are about to gain weight. Prevent the pounds before they grab you by the waist. By Beth Howard from AARP Magazine. Gaining weight means one of two things. Working hard to lose the pounds or shelling out money for new clothes. But what if you could see that weight gain approaching in advance and take steps to fend it off before it collects around your midsection? Here are seven indicators that weight gain may be in your near future and some simple steps to preempt the pounds. Weight warning sign. You're on a diet. You may lose some weight in the short term, but research shows that dieters often end up heavier than their baseline weights. In a review of 29 weight loss studies, dieters regained more than half the weight they had shed within two years. After five, they had regained about 80%. We are at the mercy of a tightly controlled system designed to keep the body at its current weight, says Caroline M. Apovian, MD, co-director of the Center for Weight Management and Wellness at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston. When you try to lose weight by dieting, your body's going to fight you, she notes. As soon as calories drop, your body makes less leptin, the hormone that tells your brain you're full, and more ghrelin, a hormone that signals that you're hungry. Plus, your body tries to hold on to its fat stores by lowering the metabolic rate, burning fewer calories. Prevent the pounds. To shed weight for good, don't simply restrict calories. Instead, make sure the calories you eat count. Apovian advises sticking with whole grains, lean protein, low-fat dairy, fruits and vegetables, and avoiding processed foods and added sugars. Weight warning sign. You're down in the dumps. Mood disorders may lead to weight gain, and vice versa, says David Arterburn, MD, a senior investigator at Kaiser Permanente Washington Health Research Institute. Some people use eating as a coping mechanism for sadness because certain foods, like refined sugars, can have an opiate-like effect on the brain, Arterburn adds. Certain antidepressants may also promote weight gain, such as sertraline or Zoloft and mirtazapine or Remeron. Prevent the pounds. Getting more active can both help treat depression and help prevent weight gain, Arterburn says, but you may also need counseling or a new medication. For instance, the antidepressant bupropion, or Welbutrin, can be part of a treatment for obesity. Weight warning sign. That laundry basket seems heavier. As we age, we lose muscle mass from 3 to 8% a decade starting at around age 30. That increases the risk of weight gain. 
Muscle is much more metabolically active than fat, says David Creel, a psychologist and registered dietitian in the Bariatric and Metabolic Institute at Cleveland Clinic. If you maintain more muscle, you'll burn more calories at rest, he says. Prevent the pounce. Pick up some weights or stretchy bands. Not only does greater muscle power help you slim down, it also bolsters your bones and reduces disease risks. Just be sure to get adequate protein to support muscle maintenance, about 25 grams at each meal for the average woman and about 30 grams for the average man. As you get older, your cells don't take up protein and make muscle with it as well as they do in younger people, Apovian explains. Weight warning sign. You drink diet soda. In a nine-year study of older adults, those who drank at least one diet soda a day had triple the increase in waist size compared with people who didn't drink diet sodas, says Sharon Fowler, an epidemiologist with the University of Texas Health Science Center at San Antonio, who conducted the research. It's a dose response, Fowler adds. The more you drink, the more weight you put on. Prevent the pounds. Swap that chemical stew for unsweetened iced tea or sparkling water. Weight warning sign. You started a new medication. Weight-related trouble can come from some surprising medications, says Lawrence J. Cheskin, M.D., professor and chair of nutrition at George Mason University and co-author of Weight Loss for Life, the Proven Plan for Success. Research shows that people taking some non-sedating antihistamines long-term, including Allegra and Clarinex, had significantly higher weights and larger waistlines than those not on this regimen. The reasons haven't been pinned down, but blocking the production of histamine, which plays a role in the brain's appetite suppression, may make you feel hungrier. Older beta blockers, such as atenolol and metoprolol, have also been shown to trigger weight gain, while newer ones, like carvedilol, usually don't. Prevent the pounds. If you notice a weight increase after starting a new medication, talk to your doctor about substituting another drug. Weight warning sign. You're using cardio to manage your weight. Swimming, running, walking, and cycling offer many perks, from sounder sleep to a lower risk for cancer and diabetes. But they're not a cure-all for weight issues, Cheskin notes. Prevent the pounds. Remember, you need strong muscles to rev your metabolism and optimize calorie burning. Cardio alone won't be enough. Coupling cardio with strength training is a better bet for long-term weight management. But you also have to address the quantity of food you eat. Cheskin recommends keeping a food diary to help find the right balance. Self-monitoring your food intake is one of the most common strategies of successful losers, people in a national registry who have lost at least 30 pounds and kept it off for more than a year. Weight warning sign. You wake up tired. Sleep deprivation lowers the satiation hormone leptin and raises the hunger hormone ghrelin. Plus, research shows that when you're hurting for sleep, you're more likely to reach for fat-laden, sugary foods. And trying to catch up on sleep during the weekend just isn't going to cut it. In a recent study in the International Journal of Obesity, researchers measured the duration and variability of sleep in a group of older adults, along with their weight and waist measurements, for a year. 
The consistency of a person's sleep schedule and getting more than six hours of sleep a night were two key factors in their ability to lose weight, says board-certified sleep specialist Michael Brias, author of The Sleep Doctor's Diet Plan, Lose Weight Through Better Sleep. Prevent the pounds. Go to bed and wake up at the same time every day, even on weekends. Abstain from caffeine after 2 p.m. and avoid alcohol for three hours before bedtime. And get 15 minutes of sunlight every morning to keep your circadian rhythms functioning well. Up next, aspirin reduces ovarian cancer risk regardless of genetic predisposition. By Paul McClure from New Atlas. Ovarian cancer is a highly fatal type of cancer that can be caused by several genetic factors. A recent study examined whether the protection provided by taking aspirin frequently, which has been shown to reduce ovarian cancer risk, was affected by a genetic predisposition to the disease. Aspirin is used to treat everything from fever, headaches, menstrual pain, muscle aches, and toothaches to the pain associated with arthritis. It is also used as a preventative to guard against heart attack and stroke. But its use must be weighed according to its potential adverse effect, such as gastric bleeding and stroke. Ovarian cancer is the eighth most commonly occurring cancer in women. According to the World Cancer Research Fund International, in 2020, there were 207,252 deaths from ovarian cancer worldwide. The risk of developing ovarian cancer increases with age, family history, and the presence of breast cancer susceptibility gene, BRCA, mutations. Australian and international researchers recently undertook a meta-analysis of eight studies to determine if the reduction in ovarian cancer risk associated with frequent aspirin use, daily or almost daily use for six months or more, was affected by genetic factors. The researchers had previously investigated whether women at increased risk of ovarian cancer due to factors such as endometriosis, obesity, family history of breast or ovarian cancer, or childlessness benefited from frequent aspirin use. They found that frequent aspirin use was associated with a 13% reduction in ovarian cancer risk. In the current study, genetic susceptibility to ovarian cancer was summarized using a polygenic score, or PGS, which represents the total number of genetic variants an individual has that increase their risk of developing a particular disease. Combining a PGS with other factors that affect disease risk can give a better idea of how likely you are to get a specific disease than considering either alone. Data from more than 4,000 patients with various types of ovarian cancers and more than 6,000 control subjects were tested. Consistent with the results of the previous study, the researchers found that frequent aspirin use was associated with a 13% reduction in ovarian cancer. They also found that genetic susceptibility to ovarian cancer did not reduce the protective effect of frequent aspirin use. The results suggest that genetic susceptibility to ovarian cancer does not undermine the protective value of frequent aspirin use in this type of cancer and that aspirin continues to be an important drug in the fight against ovarian cancer. The study was published in JAMA Network Open. Up next... 
Kind of Carbs More Important Than Quantity for Cardiovascular Health by Paul McClure from New Atlas. Cardiovascular diseases, or CVDs, are the leading cause of death worldwide. Whereas previous studies have considered the link between overall carbohydrate consumption and CVDs, a new UK study looked at whether the types of carbohydrates consumed impacted cardiovascular health and found quality was more important than quantity. CVDs are diseases affecting the heart and blood vessels. According to the World Health Organization, or WHO, CVDs claim an estimated 17.9 million lives yearly. Narrowing or blockage of the arteries supplying blood to the heart, coronary artery disease, strokes or aneurysms that affect blood flow to the brain, cerebrovascular disease, and diseases of the blood vessels in the arms and legs, peripheral vascular disease, are all included under the umbrella of CVDs. Behavioral risk factors for CVDs are well known and include an unhealthy diet and obesity, physical inactivity, smoking, and the overuse of alcohol. Previous randomized controlled trials and observational studies have shown that where diet is concerned, the amount of carbohydrates consumed does not impact cardiovascular health. Carbohydrates are classified according to their chemical composition and include sugars. Sugars are further categorized as either free sugars, that is, added by a manufacturer, cook, or consumer, as well as sugars naturally present in honey, syrups, nectars, or unsweetened fruit juices, or non-free sugars, mostly naturally occurring sugars found in fruits, vegetables, and dairy products. Public health agencies worldwide recommend limiting the intake of free sugars to reduce the risk of weight gain and dental decay. For example, the UK's National Health Service, or NHS, recommends that adults consume no more than 30 grams, or one ounce, of free sugars daily. For perspective, 30 grams is equivalent to about seven sugar cubes. A large new study out of the UK has examined the link between CVDs and the quality of carbohydrates consumed rather than the quantity. Participants monitored their intake of 206 food items and 32 beverages using an online 24-hour dietary assessment tool. Carbohydrates were divided according to type and source. Types of carbohydrates included free sugars, non-free sugars, and fiber. Sources of carbohydrates were refined grain starch, including white bread, white pasta and rice, cereals, pizza, crackers, cakes, pastries, and desserts, and whole grain starch, including brown seeded and wholemeal bread, wholemeal pasta, and brown rice, bran, and muesli. Blood samples were taken from participants to measure blood fat, or cholesterol and triglyceride, levels, and participants were monitored over years to see whether they developed CVDs. Results showed that the intake of free sugars was significantly positively associated with CVDs generally, and more specifically, with coronary artery disease and stroke. Free sugar intake also resulted in elevated blood fat, or triglyceride, levels, Conversely, a higher fiber intake was found to reduce the risk of CVDs. Consistent with previous studies, the current study showed no association between the quantity of carbohydrates consumed and the risk of developing CVDs. Instead, the data suggest 
that the risk of CVDs depends upon the type of carbohydrate consumed, particularly the consumption of free sugars. The study was published in BMC Medicine. Up next, foods with more protein than an egg, reviewed by Manesh Khatri, MD, from WebMD. Number one, chickpeas. With about six grams of protein apiece, eggs are an excellent source of this vital nutrient. But lots of other foods offer as much or more. For example, chickpeas, also known as garbanzo beans, provide nearly eight grams of protein per half cup. People have enjoyed them since the days of ancient Egypt. They're best known these days as the base for hummus. Toss a handful on a salad or cook them into a hearty soup. Number two, cottage cheese. This nutritious source of protein, with nearly 12 grams in a half cup, plays well with others. That's because it doesn't have a strong flavor on its own. Make a healthy snack by pairing cottage cheese with most any kind of fruit, or use it as a protein-boosting secret ingredient in pancakes. Go with low-fat cottage cheese to keep it healthy. Number three, almond butter. This creamy spread isn't as well known as its peanutty cousin, but with seven grams of protein in two tablespoons, it should be. With plenty of heart-healthy fats, it's a great way to fuel up before a workout. You can even make it at home. All you need is almonds and a blender. Spice it up with cinnamon, nutmeg, vanilla extract, or curry powder if that's how you roll. Number four, cheddar cheese. This zingy cheese is loaded with protein. About seven grams per ounce, as well as other nutrients like calcium, zinc, phosphorus, and vitamins A and B12. But keep your portions small, or choose a lower-fat version. The fats found in dairy foods aren't the heart-healthy type. Cheese can be high in salt too. Number five, lentils. A half cup of these legumes gives you eight grams of protein, about as much as you'd get from one ounce of lean steak. They come in lots of colors: brown, green, black, yellow, red, and orange. They cook up faster than beans, and you don't even need to soak them first. Try the brown ones in veggie burgers, the green ones in salads, and the red ones in a spicy curry. Number six: pumpkin seeds. Don't toss these after you carve the jack-o'-lantern. An easier route is to buy the already roasted type at the store. An ounce of shelled ones has eight and a half grams of protein. They're also a good source of zinc, iron, copper, magnesium, potassium, and selenium. Eat a handful with an apple for a filling snack, or stir them into oatmeal, granola, or homemade bread dough. Number seven, shrimp. You only need about four ounces of these shellfish to get more than seventeen grams of protein. They're also low in calories and fat, and have little mercury. Shrimp cook quickly too, but step away from the breaded, deep-fried variety. Instead, toss grilled shrimp into pasta with marinara sauce for a fast, protein-rich meal. Number eight, quinoa. This whole grain, actually an edible seed, packs about seven and a half grams of protein per cup. It's a good source of fiber too. Naturally gluten-free, quinoa is as easy to prepare as rice. Because it tastes rather bland on its own, add it to salads or grain bowls. You can also eat it as a hot cereal or even pop it like popcorn. Number nine, jerky. 
long known as a backpacking standby, jerky is dried lean meat. One ounce can have up to 15 grams of protein. Many brands are high in salt, sugar, and additives like nitrate. But some new products are changing jerky's reputation as junk food. You can find jerky made from turkey, salmon, and even elk and ostrich. Check the label for sodium, sugar, and chemicals. You can make your own as well. Number ten, hemp seeds. They won't get you high. They're from a different type of cannabis plant than marijuana. But these nutty-tasting seeds, sometimes called hemp hearts, do pack a powerful jolt of protein. Three tablespoons give you nine and a half grams, along with lots of heart-healthy fats. They're tasty, blended into smoothies. Try some hemp milk on your morning cereal. Up next, basal cell carcinoma is treatable form of skin cancer, by Sue Smith from Grillo Health Information Center, and this is going to be read in question and answer format. Question: My mother was just diagnosed with basal cell carcinoma. What can you tell me about this type of cancer? Answer. Basal cell carcinoma is a skin cancer that starts in the basal cells of the skin. These cells are located in the deepest part of the most superficial layer of skin. Basal cells normally generate skin cells that grow toward the surface of the skin and ultimately slough off. In basal cell carcinoma or BCC, these cells become cancerous and multiply uncontrollably, forming bumps or lesions on the skin. BCC is not only the most common type of skin cancer; it is the most common type of cancer in general. There are approximately four million cases in the U.S. every year. At particular risk are older adults, those with fair skin, and anyone with excessive sun exposure. BCC is usually caused by damage to the basal cells from sunlight or other forms of ultraviolet radiation. Because of this, it is most commonly found in areas that have been exposed to sunlight: face, scalp, nose, eyelids, ears, arms, and legs. The appearance of BCC varies considerably from case to case. A typical presentation is a growth or sore that won't heal or becomes itchy and bleeds easily. BCCs may look like round, shiny bumps with tiny, visible blood vessels. They can appear as shallow marks that are lighter than the surrounding skin. Sometimes they look like waxy white scars or even very dark pigmented spots. A dermatologist can often recognize BCC by looking at the lesion, but a definitive diagnosis is made by taking a sample or biopsy and examining the tissue under a microscope. Treatment of BCC is complete removal of the cancer. Various forms of surgical removal are used depending on the type and location of the lesion. Other ways to remove BCC include freezing and light therapy. Some superficial BCCs can be eradicated by using medications applied to the skin. The prognosis is excellent once the lesion is removed, but recurrence is not uncommon. While most BCCs do not spread very far, if left untreated, they can slowly grow into surrounding body tissues like muscle, cartilage, and even bone. This can be quite disfiguring and potentially dangerous. In extremely rare cases, BCC can metastasize to another location in the body. Reduce your risk of BCC. Avoid sun exposure during the middle of the day. Avoid tanning beds and sun lamps. Use sunscreen with SPF 30 or higher every day.
Wear protective clothing, hats, and sunglasses. Perform regular skin self-examinations. See a dermatologist annually. Up next, why the shingles shot is vital, from Consumer Reports on Health. A study found that a shingles infection hiked the risk of heart attacks and strokes by 5 to 38 percent over 12 years. That may be because the virus that causes shingles can increase inflammation and damage artery walls. Researchers say that being vaccinated for shingles could cut the risk. And the source is the Journal of the American Heart Association. Thank you for joining us for the Human Health Program. My name is Emily Crocker. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.